Memphis, 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 what up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. This is Draft Week, and I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and you know he's back with us. He's better than ever. He is Ryan. What's up, man? Doing great. Hope you and all the other fathers listening to this had a phenomenal Father's Day, as I did. Yeah, Father's Day was great. Um, I actually drove down to Fort Worth, Texas, where I am all week bringing in the draft, which is like the opposite direction, right? Like you're usually supposed to be at home or at the draft. <laughs> I went somewhere where you can't even bet. Um, the, the the internet signal is not the best. It's really loud because uh, there's a lot of uh, kids, nieces, nephews, my children running around like crazy. So uh, it's crazy uh, as always. But I am Daniel Greer. I'm the host of the show. Ryan here is with us. So if you're just joining us, uh, thank you. We have a lot of episodes where we broke down uh, a lot of players throughout this entire draft where we thought would be a good fit with the Grizzlies. Tonight is going to be very simple. We're going to give you three different tiers of the Grizzlies on a night where if they draft these guys, we're, we're ecstatic, over the moon, right? We are feeling greater by ourselves. But then there's also a, another tier of just being happy about what we have, what players we're bringing home. Like, hey, these are the right guys for us. And then there's just another tier. That's just okay, right? Like, we got these guys. They're fine. There's some upside. You know, they they could pan out. But at the end of the day, the expectations that we could, with potentially having a 11th pick or 12th pick overall from the Lakers, to where then they tank and completely go into the top 10 and give that pick back, right? And so then we have to dampen our expectations where we're just going to have the 22nd, 29th, and the 47th pick overall. And then if it's just okay, like that just, it's a total bummer. Plus we have too much time invested to give that we would just be taking away from us. And I would be, I'd be pissed. We did the Grizzly podcast before this one, recorded this one. And there's a spot in there where Chris says, I, I could see a situation where the Grizzlies just don't draft anyone on draft night. How how pissed off would you be, Ryan, if they just did not draft anybody after all the work that we put into this? Yeah, after, I mean, draft is like another Christmas for me. So to get a draft pick is like one of the best things for an NBA team, right? There's so much hope and there's so much promise. And the funny thing is, is that if we were doing predictions, this is actually a scenario that I could see happening, which would be an ultimate bummer. Wow. Uh, because you could talk me into them consolidating both first round picks into an actual rotation player. Okay. Like a vet player. Um, I don't know who that vet would be. I haven't looked at teams that would be interested in taking on two draft picks, but... I mean, it's someone like the Rockets, maybe, for someone like Eric Gordon. I don't know how the salary works. Um, but that has entered my mind as an outcome 
come Thursday night, which would be a bummer. And it would be opposite of what we've talked about. Zach Kleiman and the management has said they won't sacrifice short-term gains for long-term future. But they're kind of in a situation now where they have to kind of think short-term. And some player like an Eric Gordon type would make sense. So it would be a huge bummer because the promise and the hope of draft picks is one of the best things to follow and see if you can develop them into something. A la John Morant, Zaire Williams, Desmond Bain, Triple J. Like that's that's one of the best as a insane NBA fan. But it also makes sense where they would cash in for someone that could help them next year get over the hump. So I don't hate it from a team standpoint if it makes us better. But from a nerd NBA draft guy standpoint, it would be a real bummer. Yeah, I, I don't want that. And as I told them, I, I, I would be <laughs> pissed. I'm talking about pissed for the simple fact that we did all that. The expectations are crazy high. We're feeling good. And then we just make a draft night trade to get back somebody who's who's good. Like if I came home with Eric Gordon, like it's fine. I would still not be happy. Like I'm just being honest. Like I want the potential of what these guys might bring. And so I need some kind of draft pick. I don't care if it's just a second rounder. Just give me somebody. Just just one. That's all I ask for is one guy. But before we get into it, we're going to get through those tiers, right? But I want to ask the simple question. That way we're all on the same page. That way if anybody has you know questions about what the Grizzlies do need and are looking for in this draft, give us exactly the answer to that question. What do the Grizzlies need? What is a fit that they're looking for that makes them a better team overall? Yeah, I think it's a long, versatile wing that can guard multiple positions that can also attack the basket. Um, I think self-creation, you know, secondary self-creation and rim pressure is one of the biggest flaws I think we came out of the Warrior series, right? Like, defense held up. The team defensive unit. Now, there was a lot of it where inattention to detail and... You know, maybe the Warriors just had a bad shooting series, but the offense was nearly non-existent with almost no flow when it got to the playoffs when Jaw wasn't there. And there was even less flow when Jaw was even there. Um, so I've always been a big believer in if you've had multiple ball handlers and guys who can tack and put pressure on the rim, the better you are. So it doesn't put so much on jaw to be the only guy that's putting rim pressure all the time because that's taxing on his body, his slight frame, and you saw it. I mean, eventually it reared its ugly head, even though it wasn't from, you know, attacking the rim constantly, but that kind of buildup can just put wear and tear on your legs. So I would love a, you know, six six, six eight kind of rangy wing who can guard one through three, um, ideally who could also cut an attack on the kickout. Yeah, so I, I think the the rangy wing is uh, ideally what they want, some of its size that can guard as well as somebody can score. But I, I think it's mainly the, the guy who can create off the dribble because we saw what Bain can do. He's a knockdown shooter. We saw what you know Triple J can do. You know, John Morant was the person who was creating offense majority of the time. So there has to be somebody else that can get to the rim or get to their shot. 
And I know that's Dylan. I, re- I really do. And unfortunately, it's Dylan. <laughs> like it's there's a there's a bad side and a good side. And the end of the day, it's still Dylan that's the guy who is the second creator on this team. And so I think that's the direction they need to figure out how to get there. So with that being said, let's go ahead and hit our tiers. So the first tier is ecstatic. So we're going to start off with the best because this is a pipe dream, something that we would love to see happen. Who knows if it actually could, but we're going to give it to you anyway. So Ryan, give us your draft night where you're just ecstatic over the moon. Who is the player or players or whatever might happen? What is it and what happens? Yeah, my ecstatic is I wanted to be a little more realistic because I, I, I'm i just going to leave it at that because this guy's not going to be around. And I know there's a lot of, oh, the Grizzlies are going to package both picks together and move up. Well, where this guy might end up going is probably still not high enough. But my absolutely ecstatic dream scenario guy that we haven't broken down yet because honestly we probably don't think he'll be there it's jeremy sohan and you talk about a rangy wing who can guard realistically one through four maybe even potentially some fives the defensive versatility and the promise of what could be offensively is an absolute pipe dream and i would be absolutely ecstatic if we got Jeremy Sohan on this team, obviously the projection, the shot is there at times. I think that's the biggest question mark, but to me, I think he could be a top 10 pick and that wouldn't surprise me if he went eight to 10. Um, but if he, for some ha- for some reason fell to the mid teens for whatever reason, and we were able to get up and get him, I just, just you, I'll turn off the draft because I will be, happy with Jeremy Sohan. I don't need to see anything else because I think the guy is fits this team perfectly like a glove. Competitive as all get out. I like they changed the colors of his hair. I know that's a weird thing. Um but I think he will contribute one of the guys that will contribute the most to winning over a long period of time. And I just like winners. And so Jeremy Sohan would be a dream for me. Um, kind of a 1B to add to that. I have multiple guys for each of these categories, so sorry if I'm cheating. But the other one that if he does fall, like a lot of people are predicting, now his Vegas line is at 10.5, so he could absolutely go top 10, or he could drop to 14 and 15. We talked about him on the Grizzlies draft, and that is Jalen Duran. We talked about the fit from him before, just a physical monster at 18. Um, so if we were able to somehow pull off either one of those guys, I'm done with the draft. I don't have to watch anymore, and I'm looking for tickets to Summer League. <laughs> yeah, so um, one of my guys uh, that is the ecstatic pipe dream, right, is Jalen Dern as well. Um, and I won't hit on me more because I think it actually allows somebody like like Jaron to stay at a four and be the stretch four while still being you know big and completely controlling the NBA in the stocks market, right? But it allows him to kind of be himself and you know allows him to kind of play outside. Durant allows you to actually still have the big uh, that you might actually need to be the rebounder, right? To be the screener, to be the pick and roll, to be the guy who is just a monster inside. So um, I agree with that. Uh, Jalen Durant is an um, he's an absolute freak. He doesn't look like he's what nineteen twenty whatever he whatever he is. 
He does not look like it. Um, 18. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with uh, my, my real pipe dream. It would be A.J. Griffin. And the reason is, is because I think he gives us everything we need. And that is outside shooting. He kind of gets a little bit dirty. He will get the rebounds. He's good defensively. He has size. Like everything you might need is great. He can still be a creator off the dribble, but he's not, that's not a strong market, but he gives you everything else. So he really is like your ultimate three. And he can even probably be big enough to play a four if you're going small. But realistically, he would be your three. And that would allow you to come off of a guy like Dylan Brooks. Like if you needed to trade someone, you could allow yourself to trade that guy because you feel comfortable with his size and able to allow you to play against other people and feel good defensively. Because the, the reason that I'm drafting a lot of the people I'm drafting is because I'm having to, uh, I'm got to cover up defensively Ja. And that's just the the you know the nuts and bolts of it, right? You have to make sure you help out your superstar, who you have to have on the offensive end. So, all right, that's the pipe dream. That's where you turn off the TV. The night's good, right? And we book we book our plane tickets to summer league. Um, I promise you, I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna put this out there, and I know that we have a a certain someone, Nathan, listening. He is part of Grizzly, and he has been begging me to go. To, to Summer League, right? I promise, and I will make it known, if the Grizzlies draft A.J. Griffin, I, along with possibly yourself, <laughs> but I know Nathan, we will be coming from you live in Las Vegas, 100%. And so you can bet on that, so we'll be there. Um, so enough about the pipe dream. Let's actually get down to the happy level. Like, these guys are drafted, and you're just happy, right? Like, we made the right decisions. Realistically, this should be called the realistic tier, right? Like, this possibly could happen, but the right things need to happen to where players need to fall uh, because I believe from the guys I have labeled, there's going to have to be something that actually happens because you're not getting these players at 22 and 29, but if all things broke the right way, you could. But let, let me hear yours first, Ryan, and find out, who do you have going here in the happy tier? Yeah, in the happy tier, I still have two guys again. And the first one we profiled a lot, and that's the guy from Santa Clara shooting up boards who I 100% believe you're going to have to move up if you want to get him. And that's Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. Um, we talked about him before, rangy wing, long arms, catch-and-shoot guy. The other guy is someone we have not talked about who – has been mostly mocked at the very end of the lottery all the way up to 18 and 20. And that's Malachi Branham from Ohio State. And we didn't do a profile for him because I wasn't, I didn't really think that he would be in range really. But if he were a guy that were to slip into the late teens and they weren't going to consolidate for a guy, I would be interested in Branham being on this team because he is more of a mid-range attacker which we don't really have on this team and he was just a freshman at Ohio State and looked looked really good honestly in the two games that they played into March Madness and now I know we don't put a lot of stock in March Madness we don't want to overrate that but he seems like a guy which is a typical grizzly and a guy that wants to get better um and that's the kind of guy that I'm willing to work with in the mid to late teens 
and put him on my team. A guy that's competitive, that wants to get better, that wants to contribute to a team. So I would be very happy with Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. Do not confuse with Jalen Williams from Arkansas. And um, Malachi Branham from Ohio State. So you're saying if you had the ninth pick overall, you're not drafting Jalen Williams out of Arkansas there? No, I, I Jalen Williams is not going to be anywhere in my top 40 prospects, let alone number nine. Well, if you know, you know why that was just talked about. Um, all right, so we're going to get to mine, and this is going to be uh, boring, but as you all know, I went with one guy as a 10 when we broke down these guys, and so my happy night would be getting Jalen Williams, but I have more to add to that. The other guy is Wendell Moore. And the reason that you might ask is I'm thinking when, I, when I'm when i drafting, when I'm drafting for the Grizzlies is I want somebody with upside, somebody that has a super high ceiling, but I also want somebody who's a little safer. And so the reason I'm going to go with Wendell Moore is because I feel like he's safer. He's the guy that two years ago, if you didn't have this previous draft, everybody and their brother would be having Wendell Moore to the Grizzlies because that was their motto. That was the what everybody said they were actually going to go get, was the guy who was a little bit long in the tooth. He was the, the junior, senior in the NBA, uh, and that's when they got uh, Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman, right? They even got Killian, Killian Tilly after the draft was over. So that was a year that everybody would have said, now they're getting Wendell Moore. I still think Wendell Moore fits this team. And I think if you're able to get a player with the high upside and take the swing and possibly move up to get Jalen Williams, then I think you can actually land Wendell Moore later. And how that all happens, I think what happens on draft night, and this will be my happy night, is if we have three picks and we combine them into two. And I think that's moving up in one spot, right? In the first round, you move up in the first. I'd say you move up six spots potentially and you get Jalen Williams, who's still there, and that would be somebody maybe with the Hawks. The Hawks could be somebody who is, you know, he could fall down to the 16 area. The Hawks might be willing to come off of somebody. Uh, but then you also move up into the second round. So you lose your 22 and 29, so you're able to move up to maybe 16 and another spot later in uh, early first round, or early second round. Um, so as confusing as I made that all sound, you're going to end up with just two picks. One in the early second, and then you're going to move up, let's say, six to eight spots in the first. I think that's where you have to be to get Jalen Williams. Is you got to be around uh, the 14 to 18 mark to get Jalen. And I think Wendell, I really do think you can get him at 35, 36. I really do. If there's a way to figure that out, um, I think that's where the Grizzlies end up landing. And so I know if you're looking at this, as I am, Atlanta has the 44th pick, right? So there would have to be more that happens to get up higher into the second round. But that's my thinking, right? Is something has to shake. And I think realistically, I think you have to use somehow your three picks and make them into two. And I think it's possible. I just don't know how they do it. Uh, But that's not my job. My job is to tell you that I like Jalen Williams and Wendell Moore. (laughs) All right. So we've been on this long enough and uh, we've hit these guys. This is going to be the okay part of the night. And I'm going to go back to where I feel comfortable. I'm going to go back to my mock draft. But let's go ahead and hear yours first, Ryan. 
tell me where you're feeling okay. Kind of like when we were feeling when we drafted Zaire Williams and Santi Aldama. <laughs> well, to go back, um, I do want to echo what you said previously because I didn't know if we were going to do a predictions part on this, what happened with draft night, but I actually... My prediction is that they consolidate 22 and 29 to trade with the Rockets at 17 to get Jalen Williams. Um, Because I think the Rockets, look, they already traded Christian Wood. I think they won another first round pick for Aaron Gordon, I believe, is what they're talking about. I may have remembered that report wrong off the top of my head. But clearly they're selling everything. And they want the picks. So... I think you could easily talk the Rockets into here's two picks in the mid mid late twenties. Give us 17. I think that's easy. And so if you really evaluate that Jalen Williams is your guy, I think it's going to be 17 that they get up there. And it's funny that you mentioned 35 or 36 to get up window more. Cause I actually thought that if they were moving up, I don't have them taking window more in the second, but I thought that they would trade with Portland at 36 and pair with one of our players, like a Xavier Tillman or D'Anthony Melton, something like that, uh, to move up to 36, I believe is the spot that the Blazers are. Um, Not saying it's those players, but I think the Blazers want guys who are kind of rounding out the roster. So I don't have them taking a window more, but if you do want to move up, I think you can move up to 17 and I do think you can move up to 36 with the uh, Blazers if you just like a guy that early. But to say all hold that, hold on, hold on, uh-oh. hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. There's not, there's not monopoly where you're passing go. You're saying you're gonna come off a guy like DeAnthony Melton, and you're gonna add a pick to him just to move up in the second round, 11 spots or. 12 whatever i don't know what their number was like that is drunk talk to me like <laughs> what in the world he is d'anthony melton might be better than wendell moore and we're possibly trading off of that for for whatever reason like no i like wendell moore don't get me wrong i want him if he's in the spot that we're already at or whatever our packages give us like I'm not looking to add a player to go get Wendell Moore or anybody in the second round you can give me Christian Colocolo whatever his name is I don't want him I don't want anybody like whatever even Dalen Terry's I don't want him no so just wanted I had to say that because I think I, I think a guy like Dante Melt who's on a very friendly contract in the NBA I, I think I would rather stay with him so sorry I just had to say that Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, it just depends on how you evaluate. And it doesn't have to be D'Anthony Melton, but I think if you're going to move up, it's going to have to be a team that's looking for a rotation guy. And if the Grizzlies really evaluate that they want someone really bad in early second and they have to commit one of these 8 to 10, you know, 7 to 10 rotation guys, like that's the kind of players that you're talking about, right? To round out a roster for the Blazers who are, I don't know if they're trying to compete right away, but they certainly didn't hire Chauncey Billups for a rebuild. So I'm just putting it out there. I don't want anybody to be freaking out, and I get it. Like, oh, you're trading D-Melt for a 36 pick? Like, what are you doing? Um, but if you just like yeah, a guy, then exactly. there's, there's weirder things that have been done. 
Um, so I think if you're going to move up and stick around, it's going to have to look something like that. I don't think the Blazers are just going to take your 47th pick and a 2025 second round pick. I, I mean, that's possible, but I, I would see them, if you're moving up to higher 30s, I think a player's going to have to be attached. And that's kind of how I see that reality-wise. But um, <laughs> my okay is if we are going to draft two guys in the first round, which I'd be surprised, honestly, if we did. The two guys that I would be okay with that they came away with if they were still there. One is, we talked about before from the G League at night, Marjan Beauchamp. Um, he is the kind of Dylan Dylan Brooks in waiting guy um, with a, I think, a little bit higher potential. Now he has kind of an interesting past, kind of moved around a lot, but I think if you get in with a team and an organization like that, that will set him right, but he seems to be a worker, wants to improve by all accounts from interviews with his G League Ignite coach and other people. So I would be okay if they took Marjan. Um, and the other one we haven't talked about yet, but I've kind of settled on he would. I would be okay with him. And I was really against him at the beginning of this process, but... I'm not in on him, but I would understand why they took this guy, and that's Christian Braun from Kansas. Um, not a flashy guy, but your kind of versatile wing defender who could potentially be a knockdown three-point shooter in kind of the John Contra mold, except a higher level of basketball player. So we saw what Contra could do you know, at his limited ability, Christian Braun could be that kind of guy that is kind of an X factor that can put a 10 man rotation together. Um, so not a fix, but I would be okay if they took him. Okay. Well, I, I like that. Um, yeah, I think those guys can be good. We, we honestly, we covered uh Bochamp, right. And we did not cover Christian Braun. And so, um, we missed out on him, but there's only so many people we could actually cover. And we were looking through all of Grizz Twitter to find out what were the names. And Christian Braun's kind of been all over the place, uh, just be very honest. And so we didn't really think that he would be uh, the guy who people would be clinging for, looking for the information for. So I, I get that. Uh, my two guys are my mock draft guys. If you're paying attention to the lead sports media, I'm going to go with these two guys, but I'm going to flip them. Right at the 22 in the mock draft, I had us going after Patrick Baldwin Jr. I think with his uh, recent any all the stuff that he's getting, like he's been falling. Like he might need a parachute at this point. The what as much as he's fallen, but he could easily be a guy that we could get at 29. And he is the upside guy, Dalen Terry, who I love as well. I had us drafting him in the mock draft at 29. I think you'd have to go up to the 22nd to get him. I think he's uh, catching a little bit of steam just for his size and what he could do. Uh, but I think these guys both have potential. Uh, they're coming you know, from two good programs. Okay, when I say two, I really meant one. One was Arizona, right? The other one was his dad's AAU team, a.k.a. the Milwaukee somethings. Um, yeah, those guys. He got fired <laughs> while he was on the team, which is weird. Um, whatever. But uh, he should have went to Duke. He didn't listen, and he ended up going to Milwaukee. And in the day, um, I think he's paying for it, <laughs> just being very honest. Uh, but I like the two guys, Dalen Terry and Patrick Baldwin Jr. I think those two guys can be really, really good. 
for this team, and I think they feel a lot of a lot of holes uh, with with potential coming out of their ears. It all depends on what they can get out of them. But all right, so that is our three different tiers: the ecstatic tier, happy tier, and then the okay tier. I want to give you five players. So Ryan, go ahead, start. You have it, sir. Yes, you have a question. Go ahead. <laughs> no, can I can I add a tier? The absolutely pissed tier, and that's Walker Kessler. He holds the only spot. Oh God, is is he the only owner of the uh, pissed tier? He's the only one where I would leave draft night and I would not go to Vegas. Wow. Um, okay. That yeah that. that <laughs> I, that would make you just completely just say, hey, I'm just not going to go. Uh, no matter what, I'm not going. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I should um, keep it the stick. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, all right, so, Ryan, we're going to come up with five guys real quick. Uh, very, very easy. These will be a pool of five players, right? So you have not just a couple because who knows how many picks we have. We're not going to – we're not drafting five guys. But – I want to guarantee, out of your picks as well as mine, one player in this pool of five people will be drafted by the Grizzlies. Do you feel comfortable giving the people five people that you think this organization is going to go after? Oh, absolutely. Because one of them in this five, we or two of them in this five, we haven't even talked about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Um, you know, this is off the cuff. We're going to go back and forth. Let's not spend too much time on them. We'll give our five, right? I'm going to let you start, and then I'll give my one when you're done, and we'll go back and forth until both fives are out, and then I'll go ahead and give uh, summarize it for the people. So go ahead. Give me give me one guy that you think that the Grizzlies are going to go after. Yeah, so to preface this, this is actually realistic targets. So I'm cutting out Malachi Branham, Jeremy Sohan, and Jalen Duran. So these are realistic guys, and number one for me is Jalen Williams. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, be really creative, right? And I'm just going to go ahead and piggyback off of you and say Jalen Williams because <laughs> he's my ten, right? I gotta keep I gotta keep with the stick as well. But no, I love this kid. I think he can be a really good player in the league for many many years. Uh, so I'm going to go with him as my number one. So go ahead and give me your next guy who you think might they might go after. Yeah, this is the out of left left field. No one's talked about him at all, um, and especially not us. And that's Ty Ty Washington from Kentucky. Woo! Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm not a big big fan of Ty Ty, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and pass on him. But he is a good player, right? But I'm not a guy who falls in. I'm, I haven't fallen in love with him at all. So. Um, I'm going to pass on him. He's not on my list. I'm going to go with Daylon Terry. Simple fact is, right, he's one of the guys that I drafted. He's one of the guys that I've randomly found throughout this before it was the cool thing. Um, and I even kind of ran it by you. I was like, am I crazy? You know, and you kind of said I was, yes. But I, I think you've even grown to love him as much as I have now. Uh, but I like Daylon Terry out of Arizona. All right, your next one. Yeah, I like Dalen. He's not on my official list, though. But the next one we've talked about, it's Bochamp. Marjan Bochamp. Okay. All right. I am going to go ahead and, uh, because he is on my list, 
I'm going to go ahead and throw him in there now. That way we're on the same page. We don't have to keep going back and forth. Uh, Marjan Bochamp was actually my fifth guy. I did not have five guys coming into this. I only had four. So my last guy was between Jake LaRavia and Marjan Bochamp. Um, I even looked through past text messages that I sent to you. I couldn't figure out who I really wanted. So I just went back to the guys that I was really thinking through when I was doing our mock draft, and it was those guys. So I went ahead and went with uh, Bochamp over Jake LaRavia. Uh, so LaRavia for me would be six. So gave you a bonus one. All right. Give me your four. Uh, Christian Braun. That's my four. All right. Christian Braun there. My fourth would be Wendell Moore. So, you know, I'm a Dukie, you know, I love him. Um, I think he could be an upgrade over Dylan. Yikes. I'm going to watch out for that, but I love him. (laughs) I think he could be a 10-plus year NBA player for a solid, solid teams. And so I just think he has what you really need. He's never going to wow you. I just think he gives you everything you really need as a good NBA team. All right, your last guy. Yeah, so was this just first-round guys or that guys that are going to be drafted by the Grizzlies in general? <laughs> in general, wherever. Okay, because I'm taking a second-round guy, and that's Ron Harper Jr. I think he's he's built to play for the Grizzlies, and I think it'll be in the second round. Um, so, yeah, he's my last. He's my fifth, Ron Harper Jr. Wow. Like, that that uh, that makes me mad I didn't think about him. I, I love him. I really do. Um, I think, as you said, uh, I can't remember. Was it on the second rounders podcast? Uh, we did last, I think it was last Thursday, uh, when you talked about him. I went back on the ride here uh, when I was coming down to Texas. Um, I was watching some YouTube videos, listening to some stuff about Ron Harper Jr., and I was like, God, I love this guy even more. Uh, he is he is the guy that does a little bit of everything, never is going to wow you, but he could be the guy who sticks around you know, the league for 10 to 12 years, and he might bounce around just because he doesn't do enough to garner the big paycheck. But he's the guy that everybody wants on their team. So, you know, he is going to be a really good NBA player. All right, my last guy, Patrick Baldwin Jr. So I I didn't go out of left field on any of mine. Um, I stay consistent, which is boring. But a lot of these people and a lot of you you fans and listeners, honestly, you might not be as in-depth with the draft as we are. But these might sound boring to us. But realistically, a lot of these guys that you even haven't heard of or just, you're just now hearing for the first time. Uh, and so these are going to be guys that I think the Grizzlies are going to go after because I think it actually fits what they want. Like they want a big guy, right? 6'5", six, 6'8", six, somebody with some size, somebody that can shoot. Um, all right, any honorable mention for you? I gave one earlier. Why not? I gave one for Jake LaRavia. Anybody else that you're just like, man, I hope they get this guy. Um, if I had to pick a, just a random guy, I think I've got to go with our other out of shape, fun basketball player. And that's Kenneth Lofton. (laughs) If they draft Kenneth Lofton, I might chug a beer on the next podcast just for fun. Just because I I feel like that's what he does. (laughs) Um, so I have something, I have something that I want to happen and I was going to kind of run this by you. So, you know the New York Knicks, like, okay, they went and got a guy named Cam Reddish last year. They did not play Cam Reddish much. 
I don't know if he is in the doghouse still with New York Knicks or if he's playing on playing. But you know who has a good player exception? The Grizzlies. They have just enough in player exceptions to go get a guy right now like Cam Reddish, bring him over, trade him out for either the 22nd or the 29th pick. Would you think that was a smart deal if they could figure that out? I'm okay with it because I think you know what you get with Cam than the dartboard kind of picks you're getting with 22 and 29. Um, you at least got a guy who's been there that could probably be, could, could, well, not probably, but could definitely help you right away. Now, I think there are for sure real red flag warning signs with Cam Reddish. I mean, if he was that good, the Hawks need guys like that, and they were more than happy to get off of him um, to stick with people like Kevin Herter and Bogdanovich. So I don't know what that says about Cam. Um, but then it also does not look great that he goes to the Knicks and he can't even crack a rotation when the Knicks were dreadful. So I don't know if it's a personality issue um or he was kind of like walking in there making demands i I don't know um but there seems to be some sort of locker room things we can't see behind the scenes that are you know we see this sometimes and a lot of the success with these guys is just fit so i actually would trust our locker room presence and the leadership even though we are young to be able to help someone like Cam because he is a really interesting talent. Um, And anytime you gamble, I mean, the Grizzlies have done this before with picks, right? Like they've gambled on previous top 10 picks just to see what they could do. Josh Jackson being one and um, more recently, Jarrett Culver, right? Like obviously Cam Reddish is better than both of those guys. So, it would be worth the risk to me just to see because he, if it's bad and it's just something that he can't fix, then it's easy to move off from. And I don't think losing out on a 22nd pick or a 29th pick really hurts the Grizzlies in the long run. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Um, and I was just kind of thinking through that and I was thinking of different things on the way here. And I was like, you know what? I, I love game Reddish so much. I've tried to get him on the Grizzlies for many of years now. Uh, so I, I think he's a guy that uh, could you could take a swing on. He's six eight, can shoot the ball, uh, he can play defense. I just think he needs to be somewhere that um, he feels comfortable that it, where he fits in. I think the Grizzlies locker room is a place that some people can come to and really just fit in and kind of flourish. And I think you've seen that because honestly, you look at this roster, a lot of these players would not flourish in other locker rooms on the court, other places, I don't think they would. I just think they, they are really just kind of a good group and they're built for this. But, all right, we've had fun doing this so far. We still have, this is just coming out Monday, all right? So this is starting your week. Tuesday morning, you're going to hear the Grizzlies guys. They're going to break down all their picks. I was I was lucky enough to host that show, so I was able to host with those three guys, which they're you know obviously crazy. And they came with some uh, some crazy stuff as well as some uh, local love. So you're going to hear a lot about that. So if you like your local Memphis Tigers, 
Well, you got some love in that one. And then Tuesday night at 7.30, I will be live on Spotify Live with the Sleepers Media. And then hopefully, I don't know if it's going to be possible because I can't even bet, but we're trying to come out with another podcast potentially on Wednesday uh, will be our best bets episode. If for some reason we cannot record that, which I don't know if we can, right? Because I'm on location somewhere else and Ryan has the worst Wi-Fi known to man. Who knows if we'll have time to actually record it. But if we do, great. It'll be here. It'll be out Wednesday before the draft on Thursday. But if not, we'll make sure we put out all of our fun stuff on Grizzly. Uh, and we'll even probably go through our uh, Bet the Lead channel. So make sure you go check those out. And go check out the, the Twitter account uh, for our podcast, which is at uh, Grizz901Podcast. So go check those out. You can follow Ryan at RDMeadows11. Follow myself at Daniel Greer. Follow Grizzly at Grizz underscore lead. We are part of the lead sports media. If you love us, thank you. If you hate us, thank you too. We appreciate you. That's all we have. Ryan, I've had so much fun, man. Thank you for doing this with us. We are going to be drafting some superstars. All right, let's have a great week. Be nice and tell your friends.